You're listening to the Empowering Process Podcast with your host, Gail Kraft. Listen as she holds frank discussions around how your purpose, being present, and trusting your power impacts your life. Whether you're an entrepreneur, leader, or developing your vision, you'll find wisdom and insights you can utilize right now. Welcome your host, Gail Kraft. Okay. Hello, everybody. This is Gail Kraft from the Empowering Process Podcast, and thank you for joining me today. We're going to talk a little bit about shame with this amazing woman, Sandra McKechnie. I hope I said that right. Keckney, but that's okay. McKechnie. Keck. M-C-K-E-C-H-N-I-E. That's good. Good. Great. Actually started in the entertainment field. She's been uh, entertaining audiences for over 25 years um, as a dynamic, soul-inspiring songstress, lyricist, producer. She's an amazing woman. But we're going to talk a little bit about shame, and we're going to talk a little bit about how that the the culture that we live in. Uh, has some fixing that needs to be done and how (laughs) shame right is part of the problem but Sandra before we do can you tell us a little bit more about what you do you have an amazing organization you have an amazing mission um, in life Mm. and you're a fantastic person and I want people to know deeply from your heart not from (laughs) the blog who you are yes Right. That's good. Thank you. Hey, everybody. I am actually a um, cultural sensitivity and awareness life coach. Now, uh, you know, all the the three things, I have three offerings that I did, but I didn't just get there by I woke up and here I was. Um, But I'll let you know what I do. I am a cultural sensitivity and awareness certified life coach through an anti-bias, anti-oppression lens. I also have a video podcast called Voices of Humanity in the same niche, cultural sensitivity and awareness through an anti-bias, anti-oppression lens. And then I offer cultural sensitivity trainings. I'm in a few of those right now uh, with an agency. It's a privilege to do it. It's hard work. Um, but I love it. I'd like to do more of it just to make the world a better place, Gail. I know that sounds a little cliche, but, but it, um, is. it gets better a little bit at a time. It's a little absolutely. Better. Absolutely. So those are the three things that I do. Um, and they're all regarding um, anti-oppression, anti-bias work, implicit bias, implicit racial bias, and what it, how and why people that have gone through uh, apartheid, colonization, imperialism, or indigenous brothers and sisters, and many other groups that come on my uh, podcast, people from Hong Kong, the Philippines, India, South India, I'm going to say especially, people that are treated so differently because they're not white enough. I know there is the byword, yucky, but, <laughs> and, and the black, they're too black or they're too white. These are bywords that were constructed to dupe us, scale and to make us think that um, one person was better than the other, according to some pseudoscientists, Carl von Linnaeus, Johann Blumenbach, Darwin theory, all of that. We were classified into these races and we bought it because before that, people were with who they wanted to be with and loved each other. And well, we always had some stuff going on. Don't mark, you know, forget about the love of each other. There was always been stuff going on. However, There was a period in time that we could and then came in whiteness and a number of groups who were like people were British and freeborns, British and Christians, Portuguese, Irish. And right. And everybody that had the skin that depicted um, whiteness, shall we say, came under the umbrella of whiteness and people kind of lost their like, who are we? You know, and then the darker people (laughs) were under another umbrella. So, so let me share share a little bit, little bit about some of the, these biases with you, just from, yes. from my perspective. So I'll tell my own um, sure. recent, shame, recent shame story, and then we'll we'll get into some deep examples with you. Um, recently, so I do a lot of work on on me, and the, the more work you do, the more deeper things come up. Yeah. Right. True. And so um, shame came up um, this past December, and like well, what's this all about? And the shame was not mine. The Mm. shame was my father's and my mother's. Now, Mm. here's the deal. My father's family came over from Russia during the turn of last century, where they were taking Jews out in the woods and shooting them. His Mm. family escaped. 
he was actually born in the boat from England to the US. He used to say to me, Gail, do not be ashamed of who you are. While he pulls down the shades, lighting the candles and put his yarmulke on, never ever going to temple. Don't be ashamed as he pulls down the shades, mm. right? Right. Yes, I right? see it. Don't be ashamed. Right. Meanwhile, you know, and I used to say to him, I want to learn Yiddish. No, you mm -hmm. have no need to know Yiddish. Well, why? It's part of my culture. I want to understand my culture. No, you don't need to learn Yiddish. So the shame was unexpressed, but as a child, definitely there. Yes, right? yes, yes, yes. Right. And it was something that I was angry about as a teenager because of the judgment as soon as someone found out they all people always thought i was italian because mm. of the way i look and the second i said no no i'm a russian and german jew with a little american indian things changed and i would think you know if i were black mm -hmm. i wouldn't even have the opportunity to have a conversation with you before things would change Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right the visual yeah the visual <laughs> right but i would literally feel the door close and in high school i had a, a boy i was dating whose mother tried to stop him from dating me because i was jewish mm -hmm. and i'm like hey baby no. yes. jackie harrington yes. if you're still out there i'm not gonna marry you baby tell her to just cool her jets right mm -hmm. you know and so these are the types of things that we grew up with and they still exist they still exist absolutely you know absolutely. just more subliminal and more i think the more subliminal the more nasty and we were talking about this before where like yeah. sometimes we have shame because we don't have information as well which is a you know, a friend of mine, you know, when I, cause I've been doing this for five years, the trainings, um, cultural sensitivity and awareness trainings and people come through right now, the people I'm doing it for are mostly white and they really want to see like, what is this? Why are we having so many challenges in the upper echelons of management? Why are we having so many challenges? And of course, in comes Sandra, just, I'm just, just being candid and honest and caring and letting people know when you don't know something you inadvertently, cause we might think, uh, what I don't know won't hurt me, hands over our eyes, over our ears, but it will. <laughs> You'll pass things on. It hurts somebody. Yeah, and unintentionally, you don't even know you're passing it on. Right. So I've had a couple of these lovely conversations with my white sister girls, excuse the by the words again, but just so we know what we're talking about here. Um, it, it And they're just genuinely saying, well, I, I, we didn't get this in school. Like all of us did not get this in school. And when you think of the umbrellas that were set up, like I talk about, if you're lighter skin, whiter, or you could pass as white, you go up under the umbrella of whiteness. You know, the white angel on top of the pagan Christmas tree. Oops, sorry. But <laughs> the, sorry. it's not gonna, I ain't gonna ban for that. You can get slapped. I hope not. But the, the thing about it is that whiteness went under one umbrella you had our indigenous brothers and sisters you had indians you had anybody with any you know or because the indigenous indigenous people are pretty dark now and of course is different here in, in canada as well and inuit metis you know and then um uh, native americans right however when you get those umbrellas and we bought we, we, you know, we drank the Kool-Aid because we were taught this, right? Mm -hmm. That these people were orangutans. You know, you, you had a Thomas Jefferson saying that we couldn't think and we're orangutans, we're animals. This is what a lot of the founding fathers taught, taught, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and unfortunately we bought it. So you're gonna have biases. Our men were labeled as rapists. So you're gonna have all kinds of things that are not true because you didn't look for it, you look at it yourself. And this brings shame. A friend of mine said she, oh, I feel like I have to apologize to all the black people on the planet and she felt so guilty in coming to one of my uh, of the uh, my presentations right the trainings and that's not it right it's not your fault or mine but there is a time warp that things came through 21st century 20 19 18 17 we go way back and we get information all the time in in these trainings so that people know oh my gosh you know how many times i've heard in these trainings yell that i didn't know that I didn't understand that, right? So I always say to people to get rid of some of the shame. So I, I shame in, let's just say two nations, dichotomy and duality of two nations, double consciousness is the umbrella. This is all under, right? So as we're saying, we're just looking at blacks and whites. We know there's many other groups, things going on besides that. And all that. the shades in between. <laughs> Absolutely. And all of the precious groups that may 
groups now, right? You get shame because people have been assimilated to think like the slave master that are dark skinned people. And then you have the descendants <laughs> that came through the time warp. People that have some dissonance that are feeling, oh my gosh, I can't believe that great grand somebody had something to do with putting human beings up on trees and looking up at them and grimacing and drinking beer and bringing a sandwich to these lynchings. And it's difficult. And there's a film called um, Slavery by Another Name that deals with a lot of this. There's a number and I have resources and stuff on this, but in the trainings, but that people, white people are sitting there going, I horrified in the 21st century that their great, great somebody had everything to do with this, right? And it's hard. And people come in and they feel, again, they feel shame. Oh my God. And and you have to acknowledge those feelings for a minute, but then, you know, I'll take people aside or someone might call me and I said, it's okay, you weren't there, but we weren't there, but together we can make a conscious intentional effort to pass the right things onto our children and grandchildren, our friends. <laughs> I mean, I'm 58 years old and there's my friends, they're the same age or some of them are a little younger, but, I am making an effort to help them to get rid of, you don't have to worry about that guilt. It's the ancestral shame. Get rid of the ancestral right? shame, right? And also the stuff that was passed to you that you may be acting out or saying. You see an indigenous brother and sister and you automatically think things. You see them in the street and they're drunk and you think, well, you think, well, look at them. What do we start thinking? you know, about them. And a, a lady came on my show, an expert, Sandy Boucher, beautiful Indigenous woman, was looking after our First Nations, really was teaching us that. And she made me aware of something. She said, you know, yeah, you you look at us on the street and you think we're just drunk and we're just idle and we're doing nothing. And she says, interestingly enough, we're connected to the land. We'll always be outside. People will be drinking out there forever. But you guys, <laughs> if you meant, excuse me, I'm spitting here. The whole world, other people are going indoors to get inebriated so what's the difference what are the stats on that what are you looking at when you judge us right and it just made me aware of a, of a few things you know and the stereotypes we get someone a group in a car that we know a certain group comes by and cuts you off on the road automatically we look and we think uh it's them they cut me off they can't drive where did we get this from and I'm not saying stereotypes there's not maybe a measure of truth to them but it's almost like that I don't know if you ever heard of that telephone game and you yes. whisper something in yes. someone's ear, right? The first person. By the time you get to the 20th person, it's total fabrication or right. very little of it's true. If and any, so, yeah. you know, you think of the way we think and people might start to feel shame when I give them in the trainings, there's so much history and there's so many stats, places we send people to get those stats that, you know, you start thinking of black men as rapists. You've got an, a view of an indigenous peoples. You've got a people, people from China are a certain way. But did you ever really look at the information around those stereotypes? That's what frees you and gets you to start thinking differently. Because it's not enough to say, oh, I feel so bad. Look how these people are being treated. No, the knowledge is what makes you free. Free not to feel guilt. <laughs> you know, right? Free, free to know that you can make your own choices and that you have the power Absolutely. To, Absolutely. to make the, the changes that your children, your grandchildren will model. Yes, yes, absolutely. And when you get two groups, again, we're talking by word, excuse me, black and white, there's shame on both sides of those, right? Um, people that don't know that they were assimilated upon trauma to act a certain way. So I take people back, you know, here we go, back, 21st century, 20, 19, 18, 17. Slave master's there with a video. I know there's no videos, but let's pretend. Oh, sure. It was there with the video. He's looking through it and he's looking at himself, feeling great about what he's doing all day long. He calls the slave and he said, come on, slave, come over here. Look through this video. Slave starts to look through the video. What do you see? Master says to the slave. And the slave says, oh, I see you. You're beating the people, sodomizing, this rape. There's all kinds of things going on here. And, you know, beating people to death, whatever that looked like, the horrors of that day. And the slave master says, yeah, I want you to study that. I want like me if if I so choose you might bake a piece of break a piece of bread with me but I also want you to take that whip and beat and kill your own people to death just like me but remember at the end of the day you're not me you're refuse you're nothing and and I think so when you come back into the 21st century 17 18 19 20 21 and you remember that to even to be in the big house was a big deal 
right? The people in the big house were mixed race, usually in a result of rape, and they were doing well. You weren't, the, the, the darker ones were in the, doing all the other jobs, right? But to be in the big house was a big deal, right? And so even the emasculating of our men and, and making sure, because these are warriors, they were fighting, they right. were doing what they needed to do, um, and taking our men, say tying, and this is this is a reality, tying one foot to one ho a horse and another foot to another horse, taking our men, putting them into community, making an example of them, beating those horses. And what happens to that man? Physically, he gets ripped apart. But what happens psychologically? His family's watching. Everybody's there. And what's happening? The woman is feeling what? She's feeling hollow. First of all, she's traumatized. And but secondly, she is now independent of her man, her husband. But who is she dependent on? And you take that back into the 21st century. She's dependent on Massa. You take it into the 21st century, right? 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. We come home. What did we bring home? You're dependent on what? Perhaps the system. There's a lot of things that evoke shame because people think, oh my gosh, why don't I have that? I should have that. What's wrong with me? Not remembering. You've been economically castrated for hundreds of years. Not saying we have some incredible people doing some incredible things and the training is fabulous. Would love people to get in touch with me to really get into that. But when you recognize your history, a lot of other people hone their history and do beautifully. I admire the Jewish people for that. They own you know, their history. Now, the dehumanization was a little different for us, but it's like, forget it. We, beaten, we are beaten, destroyed. Um, right, villainized uh, until we forget our names. So our names are gone. Of course, on the continent now, Nigerians and other places on the continent, people have kept their names. Of course, they didn't lose their names. They had a lot of, um, you know, they had apartheid and they had a lot of uh, um, colonization and so on to deal with. A lot of things came with that. The scramble for Africa, etc. But today, with the knowledge that we have. There's no, there's, I'm not going to say there's no need. I, I, we know that we're going to feel things and I want to acknowledge people's feelings of shame, but there's also this wonderful antidote. <laughs> when we know the truth, it does give us freedom and freedom has an amazing way of pushing shame out the window. Um, you know, you may, it, I'm not saying it's not going to come. We're human, right? But in terms of my people, in terms of white people, so-called, right? There's no need for shame. Um, you weren't there, but we aren't there. But we are recipients of multi-generational, intergenerational, implicit bias. <laughs> you know, and right. we, we were ta talking a little bit before about, you know, I have friends that are comfortable enough with being vulnerable because I'm vulnerable with calling yes. me out. And, yes. and I'm yes. comfortable enough with calling them out. You know, until you're aware right because there 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 are the language patterns that we use and you know comments that we use and phrases that we use that are degrading right and if we're not made aware of it and I, and i'm not saying that you know oh you have to change everything that you do and everything that just one thing and then when you're comfortable with that then change one more thing you know i've been changing my language since i was 19. <laughs> Seriously. I loved it because just now, didn't we? We had a little language thing. Right. And this woman's so lovely. And to just even be honest with someone and, and to say, okay, you cussed, you know, or whatever. <laughs> and sometimes we don't really know people's background. We just see what we see right. and we may make a judgment. Right. Um, we don't recognize where they're coming from. Right. You know? and, that, and, that and that's a big so deal. That is so important. That is yeah. so important. Yeah. You know, I was uh, working with a, a client today, actually, a, a couple and um, got into his past and a very abusive childhood, right? And he spoke a little bit about what that was like. And then fast forward to now and what's going on between the two of them. And, and I said, stop, do you now see his face? Do you not see that he is now eight years old locking himself in the closet to be safe from you? Mm -hmm. You don't think that he's getting angry because of the hurt that he's experiencing? Right. Not that what yes. you did was as abusive as mom right. was, right. but right. what you did triggered that emotional response. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, it's not your responsibility to fix him. I'm just telling you, be aware. 
And that's that's what we're talking about. That you know, the language is triggering. As soon as you told me, ooh, you know, that that kind of bothers me. And, I'm, and so and I won't then- say the F word. <laughs> I won't say the F word. I may say something else, but the F word's not coming out, right? <laughs> right. And that's me. And I love right. that we people can do that. This is this whole topic too. We can do it without if we can get some of the anger aside or deal with that in coaching or if you need to talk to someone right. else. I think that's important. Um, but other than that, we're not getting information if we're always like the angry kind of blocks us from awareness. And yeah, and it's, it's, it's really can be challenging. And now when I learned this information, it was about six years ago that I, because my friends would say to me, ah, Sandra, you're so white. You're so white. Of course, you know, my grandfather is, my father's mixed race, right? So we, a lot of us are mixed up with many things. So don't put guilt trips on people, people. It's not nice. But the thing is, we have to own what's inside of us. It's a part of me, right? But the reality is, when I'm walking down the street like this, nobody can see my great, my granddaddy, you know. <laughs> they just see if this is a woman, the black woman. And if they're looking for me, they're going to give them, this is what she looks like, period, right? But I think that uh, once we recognize that the pseudoscientist has duped us all, right? This is not what we are. We were nations of people. We were not supposed to be black and white people, right? Those That's crayons. So we we want to be able to recognize that we are human beings and we were intended to care for each other in a way that we aren't able to do today, but things are changing and people want the knowledge and people want to understand what is this, why I'm, you know, maybe people are tired of hearing implicit bias and and yes, people may be tired because it's also in our areas of um, the social determinants of health. It's very much in healthcare as well. Right. It's in the hospitals, right. <laughs> unfortunately. Um, indigenous people are, dif- are treated differently. Black people are treated differently. The ones that were not under the umbrella or definitely. People from India are treated differently. It is, um, it's, it is a problem, right? And so we want to bring, and if it's not happening to you, trust that it does not mean that it's not happening. (laughs) It is happening to other people that you may care about. So I have these conversations, you know, we we really want to tap into this so that, because the first time I told one of my sister girls, you know, known these girls for over 25 years. So my one sister girl, she felt, you know, we had a little bit of a, because she was like, we're good, we're good, we're okay. I said, yeah, we're good. When I came to this understanding of who I was, but we're good as much as I am like you. And now we have no, then we have no problems because my whole life, you know, we'll hang around with this person, that person had a great time, had, did not close that disconnect back here though, because everybody has a right to own who they are. In fact, you must, if not, you cannot be whole person, <laughs> you know, and, now whether you want to. That's yeah. so important. That yes. is so yes. important. Isn't it? Really right? huge. Because yeah, you, really you, huge. you deny your heart, you deny your yes. soul. Yes. Um, explore, like the book Roots to this mm-hmm. day, to explore where you come from mm-hmm. and embrace yes. the good and the terrible. Yes, absolutely. Right? Because absolutely. we are all good and terrible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And then it's just the flavors that we are right? Mm-hmm. Embrace and love who you are. And, and then you can see and admire. I love differences. I learn from differences. If I'm with the same, 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 I'm not learning. I'm not growing. I'm not experiencing anything new, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? The differences give us an opportunity to grow and be more than we were yesterday. Uh, as, we, as we're talking about shame, absolutely. Absolutely. There was a man in one of my trainings and beautiful white man, just lovely. We were taught, everybody was in there doing their thing, talking and sharing. And sometimes I'd have to say, guys, we've got to move on because people got into it. Sometimes we just let it go. It's an eight hour training. And this man's in there and he came to this awareness all of a sudden. It was, and it was a such pause. And he said, oh my gosh, I see this in my child. And the child was, I don't think the child was any more than five years old. So I see this bias. I see these things in my son. And he just had this moment and I, I didn't even speak because it was his moment of awareness of, he said, and then he said, I guess I'm passing those on to him. And not only daddy's passing them to him, but we're not raising our kids all by ourselves. We're in a construct that's, you know, little by little, they're taking over our children's minds. I'm thinking how much, um, 
how much authority do parents even have anymore? <laughs> it's kind of scary because that's in kindergarten, senior kindergarten, kids are, they've, they've got all these rights, which is wonderful. But if they have little kindergarten rights, like our children's, <laughs> it's such a scary world. Um, and when he recognized that to me, I understood then there was something that changed in him whereby he wants to now look at what can I do differently? How can I walk around with a mirror ever so delicately, just pull it out <laughs> and look and say, okay, what did I just say? You know, police yeah. yourself kind of a thing, police your own bias and kind of go, I shouldn't have said that, should I? Um, you know, even at your family gathering, where everybody's comfortable saying it, just be aware that it might slip out of your mouth somewhere else. And <laughs> it may, it may cause, but that man kind of initially felt, you could see like embarrassment. There was the shame. Like, how did I? Well, you didn't. Somebody backed their past. It's you. And now you're passing the baton. We're trying to interrupt it. Right. So right. it's a wonderful place to feel like I always say becoming aware of your unawareness. You know, this is good. You're aware that you're unaware. Right. <laughs> and he is doing that's our job today. We can't yeah. change the past. Like you said, you know, yesterday is over. Mm -hmm. the, the last minute is over. Mm -hmm. But what I can do is change what I am thinking and saying right now, modeling a behavior so that the children absolutely absolutely right? now that's for the other the people under the umbrella definitely you might not want to go there and look at the past you might come to the training and get um the goodies and really understand wow that makes sense that's mm -hmm. great but for those that have gone through the trade of apartheid colonizational imperialism they must go and look at the past and sit for a minute i say must <laughs> my friend of mine she's a therapist she'll probably tell me you just don't tell people what they must i do. know i but know I, but i'm i'm saying must because <laughs> should must could yeah <laughs> the only way that you can close look at stuff and not feel like it is your fault or you did not get the goods what's wrong with you that you don't have uh, you know that you're economically so and so right academically psycho right what economic castration academic castration we have real estate castration all kinds <laughs> this would be a long shot. I would do the whole eight hour training right here. Oh, I, know, I know. But the beauty of it is if you had stuff that was called predation, even, even when you're thinking of shame and you think of um, what happened in terms of redlining, greenlining, I don't know if you know anything about that, where the banks yep, would only yep. give look, yep. right? They wouldn't give it to Latinos at I one point. Jews sometimes insurance. had a problem, exactly very much so. Yep. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, okay. So there you go. No. Right. So you didn't get that loan and there's segregated areas that we think people just want to live in those areas. No, that was a result of redlining, greenlining, not too far from me. All right. I could just take the bus there. There's an area here in Ontario. A friend of mine, late 20th century, went to buy a home. Black woman. That's very close to me. Went to buy a home. They're, and they're getting ready. They're excited about this house, I guess. And they're hearing the real estate agent speaking to the man that's you know, they want to buy this home from potentially. And all he said was, I don't sell to niggers. And I hate hearing the end word, but I'm telling you what was said. I don't sell to niggers. And this is late 20th century. Sometimes we think that things are, it's over. And when we think of even real estate, there's still areas all up in where I live that people do not want to, you know, uh, have indigenous people come, blacks come, they, don't, they just don't. And there's ways that real estate agents, I think this was in Baltimore called predation, where a real estate agent will go into a, um, a, a neighborhood, right? That maybe predominantly white people are in that neighborhood. And he'll say, you know what, maybe there's two blacks in there or whatever. So he'll say to the most of the white people, you know what, the blacks are coming. You better get out because you know what's gonna happen. You're not gonna be able to sell these homes, right? So. Um, you get, get out while you can get 70 cents on the dollar. So what happens? Okay. So white people well, now all move out. Now they devalue the property because, uh, Absolutely. right. White people move out. Guess what happens now? Black people move in or are they just getting in for the same price that that person would have even sold that house? No, the price of the house is ridiculous. And then the interest is ridiculous. What are they going to pass on? Real estate wealth or real estate debt? Right. Mm. Debt. Okay. They're right. going to pass on real estate debt. So there is not those neighborhoods. It's happened. I've, I've, I see a couple of places around the city where it's happened. It started with mostly white people, 
then black started to come. This continues. This is so I always want to interrupt shame, Gail. Interrupt the shame. This is nothing is wrong with you. <laughs> Something happened to you. Absolutely. And if you sit under our elders out here, um, they will they will show you, teach you this. I didn't invent this. I'm not reinventing it. It's just the way we package it in the trainings to deliver it to people that we can give shame a kick in the butt, you know, that, that, that nothing is wrong with you, right? It's not your fault or mine, Gail, and the audience, but together we really, really can do something about the way we see um, each other. And when we understand about economic castration and what happened there, academic castration, and still we have these amazing people degree to the nines that are doing exceptional things, great. And I'm very proud. <laughs> um, and I was brought up feeling, not, not, not that my parents brought me up. This is a multi-generational thing. We had a caste system in our homes. Indians have a caste system in their home. We have it going all through the Philippines, have it. everybody, if you dare go out in the sun too long, God help you. So shame has to do with people coloring their skin. Even people that, you know, will want to make sure they've got that, you know, pink and all that. But the and it's it's an awareness around people that are hearing my voice. Did white because I thought there's a saying that says white is right. Brown stick around, black get back. Dr. Francis Cress Welsing, one of our amazing great people <laughs> that I love. Um, she's gone now. I never met her in my life, but she was out here a psychiatrist in our community, showing us how to think. Are other people, have other people been dehumanized on the planet? Oh, yeah. But why are, why are black people pushing it all the time? What's wrong with these black people always talking about this thing? Because, and brown, and our, and our Indian people, and our indigenous, because we bought this and it's here in us. It's almost like alien. You ever seen that movie with Sigourney Weaver? Yes. <laughs> alien? Yes, yes, yes. Right? She's yes. trying to protect this beautiful little baby girl. Well, she was not much of a baby, but she was a sweet little girl running around and she was trying to protect her. They're finally going, because there's this alien and I don't know, it got into people's brains or it did something. And it was trying to kill people. Anyhow, she got in. She finally was able to save this little girl. The whole ship was, the people were murdered or whatever by this thing, eaten by this thing or whatever. So she finally got this little girl and put it in this capsule. They were going back to Earth. Right. right. And she got in hers and she's looking, the child's safe. Everything's good. They got back to earth. She opened up the thing, capsule, and the child's dead. Uh, I really, you, know, I, you guys saw, you were probably like, oh, because I was like, oh my God, the child's gone. And she was horrified. But the alien, it was in the capsule. It, it right. came with them through right. the time warp. <laughs> so just recognizing that stuff came with us is okay because we think i don't think that way well logically you don't but you may say something to your child in implicitly unintentionally the child's also watching so this is not just this is not your shame this is the construct and we're subliminally seduced by you know billboards and right you're watching television all of a sudden you're seeing commercials it happens to me all the time pizza burgers next thing you know you're ordering a pizza well, you're being seduced. So there's there's That's ways why I that get we up and think. walk out. <laughs> Commercials That's on. Good. <laughs> That's right. That's how we be. We should leave. <laughs> right? Yeah. In 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 the ear. Am I rambling on too much? There's just oh, no, so much around you. this that I think no. is great. Um, you know, there's also this amazing flick, and people sh I, I would hope. I would like you. I'm not gonna say should. I would love you to watch it. It's called Birth of a Nation. It's an early nineteen in the nineteen hundreds. And it's this um, silent film. There's another one later, but this one specifically was glorifying the Ku Klux Klan. And it was touted as a piece of history, right? Talk about shame. Let's, let's look at this. There's in this film, they're depicting a black man as these angry black men. And, you know, um, and of course it was white men with in black face, right? Because we didn't get those roles. But when you look at it, and they're just walking around looking angry and grimacing, eating turkey legs and whatever they were doing in there. And then there's this scene with this um, cute little white woman. She's sitting on a tr uh, stump or something, just enjoying the breeze of the day. And out comes this, this black man, white man again in black face, but he comes up and he's going like this. And she goes, ah, you know those films? Ah. And, and then he's coming towards her. Well, she runs toward this cliff and she throws herself off 
to her own demise. And you know what the commentary was? That it was better for her to throw herself to her death than to be raped by a black man. Okay. And, and to this day, you're going to have a five okay. star silent film. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Right. And it was touted as a piece of history, no doubt. Right. And at the end, you see the, this black man being taken off on a horse to, so he'd be hung. Now, when we think that's just a cute little thing, oh, nobody's paying attention to that. With everything else that came through the time warp with us, of course, that is going to seduce you. That's going to cause you, again, implicitly to not, you think, we think, if you're looking at neuroscience and the mind, it's fascinating. <laughs> Very fascinating. The things that was, come with us. What's really interesting, so I took um, history of motion pictures and our, our, goal was we went century or uh, decade by decade mm -hmm. to watch a five-star movie and the only one between 1910 and 1920 was birth of a nature nation it's the wow. only one. um watch a five-star movie and then we had to write a report about what was the producer trying to tell us mm, and what was going on socially and economically at the time that that film was made Ooh, oh oh yeah my attention <laughs> yes yes this was not a sleep and watch a movie type class Ooh. um so it was very interesting the different takes that people had right and that and that was the point because we we're coming from our own perspective now mm -hmm. and looking at it from a different lens than when it mm -hmm. showed and what right. was really hilarious um 1920s um, Charlie Chaplin, I think I watched The Kid. That was a five-star yes. mm -hmm. movie. And my son was just a, a, like maybe three or four, watched it with me. And he's like, mom, can we watch more of these? Silent movies. And it's because of the story that was being told. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. this, this orphan child and this, you know, down in the dumps guy and mm -hmm. you know how they fell in love and you saved the child and all that kind of stuff. But again, socially and economically, what was going on during the 20s, mm. right? Especially the late 20s, right? That's when the, when the crash happened. Um, and what is the producer? Because the producers, the, any of these movies, they're not for fun and joy. They are telling a story for manipulative Absolutely. purposes. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Right. Every film we see. Every single one. <laughs> has a message. Every single one. Right? Yes. Right. Yes. So be aware that you're being manipulated and brainwashed and, you know, you can drink the Kool-Aid or choose not to. It is, it is an amazing thing we start thinking, because if you don't listen, if you're not really paying attention, there's a shame that creeps in uh, and it comes with, oh my gosh, What's wrong with us? Why are our men rapists? That was not even the black man's MO. Wake up. Ding, 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 ding. Come on. <laughs> who was raping who? Let's. Right? So, again, this is not blame, but just look at the logic. I always say to people, take some. I know we, we're emotional human beings. Fine. So, say our women. <laughs> but take some of the emotions out of this scenario and look logically at what you've been fed. Right. right who Does was raping that makes who? sense right, right. absolutely sense? absolutely are people showing up doing stuff today oh yeah <laughs> you know that's a whole other training and why that would be <laughs> but right. um we're bringing things into the 21st century are are people acting out yes why you know um and the other part of that is when you are ashamed or you don't know why you are feeling shame for that matter Right. You do start to think something is wrong, wrong with you. You still, you actually will start to act out because of your esteem is at its all-time lowest. You've been dehumanized in a multi-generational way for so long. There are people, you know. There's another. Um, I, I don't know if I mentioned this to you, and and, and this is I've, I'm here to dispel shame, so I'm going with this one too. There's a film. Um, what's it called? Ugh. Yes. Anyway, there was a term actually called predation, uh, super predator huge term 1954 a gentleman from princeton you bought this forward he predicted that um indigenous people and especially blacks of course but indigenous people as well and there were some latinos that there was going to be droves of these super predators it stirred up a lot of um support under the nixon administration now 
1954, uh, sorry, 1995, 1995 or 94. Yeah, it was. So what was happening here is they predicted that these men were going to be super predators. They're going to be taken off the street in droves, right? It was a tens of thousands, hundred thousands. And of course, this man apologized, right? Live, he apologized. You can get that YouTube there. Super predator. Because he was wrong. There was no such thing that happened. And unfortunately, that what I say to people is the poison's in the cookie. There's another something that you are going to believe because, oh my gosh, well, they're doing it again. The Central Park Five, taken off the street for what? Rape, right? There's a, a group, Trenton Six, taken off the street for rape. No sperm found on these, nothing's found on these men. There's no semen, there's nothing found. All white juror, jury. So you've got to think now, and you've got um, Emmett Till. I think he whistled at a, at a white woman in a store for some reason or another. And he ended up with his face shot in. He was dragged by this truck. His mother buried him with an open casket just so that people would not forget. There was, there was nothing, this boy did nothing. So you wanna, when you, and there's droves of men between emancipation and the second world war, black men taken off the street for nothing. Okay, they looked at a, and I looked at a white woman grimacingly. Maybe they stole a pig for a dollar. All white jewelry. Over and over, there was rape. It was all, so much of these cases was about black men raping white women. I, uh, I, I ask you, right? When we're talking about shame and you don't have this information, you're sitting there going, what's wrong with these men? What's wrong with them? Oh my God, they're embarrassing me. I used to do the same thing. What's wrong? Well, Need yeah. the information to Use set us free in our minds. And understand right? that um, because you're bl a black man doesn't predispose you to being a rapist. Hello? Because you're a white man doesn't predispose <laughs> you to being a rapist. Now, yeah. Yeah. you might have something broken in your psyche that will predispose you to being a rapist. And, mm -hmm. you know, maybe you, some, you have some healing and fixing that needs to be done. And maybe you have some anger issues towards women because it's not about sex. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that. But the shame part comes because over hundreds, how many years, that was not the MO of the black man. Right. And this is this is my issue. When when we have things that are laid out because our founding father said this, it's gone through implicitly, it keeps repeating itself and people keep believing it. Um, you look at this, now you've got little white women on the elevator grabbing their pearls, you know, when they see a black man coming. And um, yeah, we can grab, you can do whatever you want for other reasons, things that are happening in the news or whatever. But all of this is the compilation of untruths, right. you know, <laughs> that that have done this to a number of people. We look at the indigenous a certain way. Well, are you sure about that information? Where did you get that from? Oh, I don't know. I don't know where I got this information from. Well, it was passed to you. So go back and see if you if it's true. Yeah, go see, go know? go check out the facts. So my my yes. favorite favorite <laughs> book that I and I I think I was like sixteen when I read it was Orwell's nineteen eighty four. That's all about that's, disinformation, that's man. It's all mm -hmm. about disinformation. Mm -hmm. It's all about mm -hmm. changing the history books to, yeah. to support to read the that. time. <laughs> and that is yeah. happening as we speak. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. has yeah. been happening, but now it is exponential how it happens. Mm -hmm. True. Right? Very, very true. Very, very you true. You need to not take everything at face value. You need to be curious about is this true does this make sense that it's true why would i even mm. think that it's true and if yes, it's true why yes. is it true yes right? yes right? yes absolutely absolutely yeah. yeah this is good stuff and i think it's important for people to look at when we feel embarrassed or we feel oh my god what's wrong with me i'm such a bad white person because i think of black people a certain way um there's a wonderful um flick that i show i believe it's called whiteness um in my uh trainings and it's white people that are just honestly saying you know what yeah i do think I'm, sometimes i think i'm better than black people i do you know they just come and straight out with it and i'm like keep it coming okay right. so I mean, you know, just keep it coming and be real with it because be sometimes this is what it is, yeah. right? And so, and as and, uh, and maybe as a black person, I'd be saying, you know, sometimes I need a white out in one of our meaning. <laughs> sometimes it gets hard 
And I see my people that are my color that are close to my shade. I see the indigenous people being treated a certain way. And I support people in areas of social justice. And sometimes it is such a horrible thing. You know what they're going through and coaching this area as well. And it's, 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 it's difficult. And I feel like, you know, I, I don't see no more white people. I'm done for the day. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you think I'm right, joking. Right. Let them deal with their shame for a while. Now they're aware of can deal with it. I need a break. Right? <laughs> but if we just keep it real, we're not, you know, I know we love each other. Like I saw so call my white friend after and I say, I'm angry, you know, or whatever, you know, I, I'm just, you know, and she knows how to deal with me because we've known each other for so long and we're sisters. But that's sometimes she goes through them things because you cannot believe it yourself. But you know, it is not your fault or mine. Not oh, in the 21st absolutely. century. But absolutely. we can do something about it. Yeah, we I can do something I, about it. I mentioned to you, yes, I did, that, that I have a, a, a Korean friend. Um, she's from Canada, but she's Korean. Mm -hmm. When I met her, her and I were going through a very intense personal development week. Right. And, and we were like, we bonded over, over oh. that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And at that time she was dealing with her Koreanness, her Asianness. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right. Um, because her family had chosen to move into a white neighborhood and, you know, she said, my father's store would be vandalized and he would clean it up and open again. It'd be vandalized and clean it up and open again. And he would say, you just have to keep loving. You have to keep loving. And, and I'd wow. be like, my father's weak. She, she says, my father's strong. But as a child, I, I just saw the weakness. I didn't mm, see the strength. That's in wonderful. Him. Like, nope, we're going to stay. We're going to stay. We're going to stay. Yes, yes, So yes, in order to deal yes. with her, and she's amazing, her um, Asian-ness and her shame, she became a comedian and she went to Korea, not knowing the language, for her first gig. Wow. And that's, she is that's amazing. Brave. <laughs> she is amazing. Well, she knows multiple languages. She's very good at languages. So she mm. wasn't afraid about picking it up. Right. Um, and 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 that's you know, she she talks about being, you know, an Asian, an Asian, an Asian girl, right? It's in a white neighborhood. It's tough. Yes. First of all, she's in a white neighborhood. Second of all, she's a girl. Dad wanted mm. a boy, right? And mm -hmm. that's right? a big deal. Yep, definitely. And, and so you know, so you can take your shame and put it out there mm -hmm. like she did. You should get me in touch with her. She could be I good for the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'd love all of it's called Voices of Humanity, and all we want the voices. And because it's a video podcast, you get to see the faces of humanity too, which is wonderful. Yeah, and it just gives people an opportunity to really get information and identify with people that are have actually thought for themselves that they were ashamed, they were embarrassed. What's going yeah. on? You know, and there's there's funny you mentioned that because there's a um a whole little flick that pays from time to time, Black History Month, and there's a gentleman um during the Civil Rights Movement that you can see him in this film. People, they're, the hose is on him. People are punching him. They're white. They're punching him because he's, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're demonstrating and so on, right? So they're punching him. He falls to the ground. He does not, he doesn't throw a punch, nothing. And even his, his whole demeanor is like, no, I'm getting up. You would, and, and I'm thinking, come on, do something. But I did, the same thing happened to me. I thought, I admire you. Look at you. You, now I understood. This man has a family, has children. For him dying there in the street is not going to do anybody good. So he, he took it and he put his hat back on. They threw him to the ground, punched him. And I thought, well, okay, yeah, no, you're strong. You're doing this because you know you've got the backstory. You've got family, you got kids. This is for a cause. Right. And it's about the future as well. So right. I, and it's I about love that. stepping above, stepping above. Yeah. So her name is, is yeah. Simone, and I will connect you guys on Facebook. Please do. Okay. That would be wonderful, wonderful stuff. So, Sandra, if people wanted to get in touch with you, especially if they wanted to know more about your program, how would they do that? Touch. I don't think it's a need. I think it's a want. I don't think it's a want. No, let's change that around. I think it's a need. Yeah, I really do. Because uh, sometimes just people just don't have the information. That's the truth. We're all busy and everybody's going through stuff. And hey, look at the last couple of years here. Um, but and just recognizing if we could um, that it's OK. This stuff doesn't happen overnight, right? It right. does not happen overnight. I'm trying to change and look at my own biases, Gail, and the way I've been taught about certain people. 
Right. That's not, you know, I, my, my friend from India, she said, you know, we were taught, we were colonized to um, think that we're better than you guys, right? You know, we're dark, but we don't have your nappy hair. And, right. you know, so you're, <laughs> you guys, we're, we're in the basement, you guys are in the sewer, you know, and I love that we could have those conversations, right? So well, I have your nappy hair if I don't straighten it, okay? Yeah, that looks that looks no no. You must that looks like coarse hair, you know. You got some coarse hair too. It is. <laughs> yeah, you never know. <laughs> hey, listen, so yeah, we'll talk about that after. Yeah, let's. because you know, being Jewish, you know, we're in the Mediterranean, we're near Africa, who knows? Hello, who, right? <laughs> and there's some dark indigenous peoples that are Jewish. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. I love it. The half has never yet been told. <laughs> and I've got the American Indian in me too. So. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah. So I was going to say now in terms of getting in touch with me, are you going to, can I send you links and you can put them out and stuff? I will or? be putting the links on. Yep. Under the comments, please do. You just froze, honey. Thanks, right near the end. There you go. Try your own. Oh. Yeah. Am I unfrozen? I hope I wasn't phrasing during the whole thing. Every once in a while, <laughs> but it would be like for a word. So it was for, okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. It's probably, yeah. I'm hanging out with my daddy and my sister. So it might be their internet. I have the good stuff at home. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> ah, this is, this has been good. Yeah. You're a great host. Oh, you are. <laughs> it was so much fun. So much fun. So everybody, thank you for listening to the Empowering Process podcast. We will put information here so that you can get in touch with Sandra. Um, she's just so special because she talks from the heart and that's what we're all about. So again, the Empowering Process podcast, if this brought something up for you that you would like answered a question or maybe even stir it up a little bit of emotion, mm. comment on it and maybe Sandra and I will get together and talk about that because there's so much more we could talk about. If you know someone who could use this information, absolutely share the link out with them. And as always, please like, subscribe, let us know that you care because we care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Wonderful to be here. Thank you for listening to the Empowering Process Podcast. Be sure to visit Gail at gailcraft.com to learn more about how she serves thought leaders, entrepreneurs, and goal seekers. And remember, if you like this broadcast, be sure to share and subscribe so you don't miss an episode.